Home is where the heart is, but I guess I'm already there. David Byrne and the Talking Heads wrote a song called This Must Be the Place back in 1982-83, so many of you weren't around for that, but I was. I don't, you know, as a talking head, I like the Talking Heads, but I wasn't like a huge fan when I was 13 years old. They were gr- they were fine, but this song, This Must Be the Place, wasn't a big hit for them at the time. I think it was maybe in the top 100 somewhere, like in the 60s. But they had a lot of other hits on that record. But this song has been covered over and over again. And like Arcade Fire did it as a part of their concerts a few years ago. They would play it every, every time they did a concert. But how I came to be more familiar with it was my, one of my favorite artists, Sam Beam, who is with Iron and Wine. His, his other name is Iron and Wine, covered it. I was like, oh, I kind of remember this song. It had this rem- this remembrance for me, and I had to go way back to the 80s to go, oh, that was the Talking Heads. And this song is evocative. It's kind of not narrative at all. There's these little notes in here. I'm hearing a little bit of ringing in the room. I don't know if we could do something about that or not. Um, but it's non-narrative. It's intimate. There's evocative words in there that kind of, take you to a place where you're thinking about home. That's where, I'd, that's where I'd like to be. I'm not sure exactly where that is, but it speaks to this longing that I think we all have, this longing, this idea of home. And in a time when we have so much isolation and displacement and we compartmentalize everything, can we really find our way home? Does a true home exist? Or is it a fantasy or a fairy tale? Is it some vague notion in a love song that really doesn't make all that much sense? Well, my name is Andrew Carpenter, and over the next few weeks, we're going to try to find our way home. We're going to at least get going in the right direction of where our true home is. But before we get into that, will you pray with me? Jesus, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. Lord, I do pray that we will find our way home. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, Laura read this passage earlier, this passage out of Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel. I almost said Ecclesiastes. Out of Ezekiel. And if you read the whole pasture, it's about sheep and shepherds and how there was some shepherds that weren't doing a really good job, and then there was going to be this new shepherd. And we get down to this place where we see that the passage that she read is this, there's this overarching sense of this word shalom, which is a Hebrew word that means peace. means people would say shalom to you or peace to you, to your household, to your well-being. It's a, it's a word about wholeness. And these passages speak to that wholeness, and there's this image that, evokes this sense of, oh, I'd like to be there. So what I want to do over the next minute and 30 seconds is put those words back up on the screen, and I'm going to be quiet. And I want you guys to read that. If you're following along at home, the words will be a full screen for you to read too. But think about what resonates with you, what clicks. There's going to be certain things that click with certain people. And then when we're done thinking about this and pondering on this, if you're willing to, I'm going to send Ben around the room with a microphone so that you can share what 
oh, I like that a lot. So I'm going to shut up. We're going to do this part. I'm going to sit down, drink my water, and yeah. That was one of the many covers. I'll just say that. So, um, but that's it. Had a really nice long intro, so I thought that would be appropriate. Anybody? I'll share first. Um, some people in this room would probably really, really resonate with this. Is it so they could live in the wild and sleep in the woods securely? Hmm. I don't know that. Some of you guys are campers. I'm not. But one of the reasons I don't camp is like all the possibilities of things that could go wrong. So, anyways. Anybody want to share what would, what stuck out? What was like, oh, I really like that, that word or that lyric or that part of that poem. Anybody? I'm looking online to see if anybody wants to chime in on that too. You guys are shy, a shy bunch. We're not going to put you on camera or anything. Got Linda over here. You know, he's our shepherd. He's going to take care of us. He's going to give us blessing upon blessing. We don't have to worry. He's always going to provide. He's just there for us at all times. Right. I'm not sure we, that came across necessarily but uh, of the audio, so I want to make sure to kind of share that. She said ev- everything in there. All, she liked all of that because of the sense that it's a place where, where God is, where God provides, where God cares for us. Am I hitting most of it? Yeah, okay. Anybody else? Got one over here. I think um, I've always, with this pandemic, you try to find something that was positive. And I think the most positive thing was people got outside and they're in the woods. And if you, I'm outside as much as I can and I like to walk in the woods. And now there's other people there. So <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's rather nice. And I have a friend who's not, um, who's spiritual, but not really church-like. And she always says her church is, is the woods. And that, that reminds me of that. Thanks for sharing that. Got another one back in the back over here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the part that resonated with me is... Uh, where he says, I am your shepherd, and, you know, he's referencing how we are his flock of sheep. And um, uh, recently, uh, Julie and I were watching Clarkson's Farm on the Amazon Prime, and it's this guy that used to be a Top Gear presenter on the BBC, and he owns all this land, and he decided, you know, I'm going to start learning how to manage it myself. And he has all these fields, so he buys a bunch of sheep. And what I learned in a very comical way is how much patience it takes to have sheep and to manage a flock. And he's, at one point he gets a drone and he's like using the drone to like herd the sheep and it w- works great the first day. The next day they completely ignore the drone. And it's just very, it's very comical. But now like I have this whole new uh, appreciation for like when we have these references of like, you know, uh, God is our shepherd because I'm like, geez, sheep can be really difficult to, to herd. So... Have you, have you seen the movie Babe, right? Remember that? that the, the pig did a really good job, but it took a little bit of work. So I saw another one over here. Yeah? So um, 
the sleeping in the woods part and being secure resonated with me, but also where it said that he will send the rain in their seasons. My sister and brother-in-law grow pecans in Texas, and this year the crop is not going to be as good because the rain didn't come when it should have, and they had too much rain in the spring. So that kind of reminded me of how hard it is to be a farmer and to, to grow the abundance that they've had in some years. That's great. Appreciate you guys sharing with that, sh sharing with us those thoughts and those ideas. That this passage brings to to mind lots of stories, lots of things that we can kind of come up with that that have happened to us or to people that we know. And there's this evoking of things can be better, right? And so at the culmination of all things, we're going to have an opportunity to do these things. This is going to be us one of these days. And part of our call as believers is to help people see that, sense that, to help our friends see that this, the thing that we're doing right now is not the only thing. There's another reality that we can step into that's part of God's kingdom right now in this place. And that's what Ezekiel saw. That's the vision that he, he was given. And that shalom is this creation narrative of God and others and creation and self. So this peace with all, in all four of those realms. It's a vision for how life should be, could be, and will be. That song that, that I had Laura and Todd sing, uh, Blessed Assurance, was written by a woman named, I think maybe I'm the problem here. I'm, I'm ringing. Um, Laura, Laura and Todd sang Blessed Assurance by a woman named Fanny Crosby. Back in like 1873, she wrote 8,000 hymns and poems, and she was blind. And the amazing thing, kind of the interesting, uh, there's all kinds of interesting things about Fanny Crosby, but one of the things that I found interesting about her was that I don't think she and her husband ever really owned a home. She gave most of her money away. I mean, they got royalties back then, too. She gave most of her money away to to people in poverty to shelters, and they lived in just above the poverty line. And they rented spaces. They lived with friends. She lived well into her 90s, and I don't think she ever owned a home. And for someone to talk about that sense of this blessed assurance, this Jesus is mine, her story, her life was wrapped up in Jesus' story. It wasn't about the things that she had or the things she held on to. It was about this living with Jesus, this having this sense of my place is with, with God. And so as I move around the country, because she moved all over the place, she went to many places. She lectured and she sung and she went on these traveling evangelistic tours and things like that. She went into shelters and she'd preach and she'd teach and she'd sing. All of those places that she went, she was embodying Jesus in those spaces. She was bringing home to those people. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I like that song, because I think about Fanny and how she embodied these things that we see in Ezekiel, this spreading peace, this spreading love, this spreading this sense of safety for people who feel pretty insecure. So, you know, we make home through story, through memory, the ones we hold on to and the ones that we, we lose and we get rid of. 
throughout this series, we're starting this new series called Home. And throughout this series, I'll be tapping into this book that I read several years ago called Beyond Homelessness by Stephen Boma Prediger and Brian Walsh. Now, when I received this book from a, a guy, his name's Alan Graham, he was doing homeless ministry, still doing homeless ministry in Austin, Texas, but not the typical kind of homeless ministry that we might find in many major cities all over the country. Alan had this vision for building community among people who didn't have roofs over their heads. And over the years, he's built a community out in East Austin of tiny homes and gardens and public spaces and kitchens. And people have come on off the street and they minister to each other. They have built a community of people who already had some community on the street, but now they have a safe and secure place, a kind of an Ezekiel type of place. So when he handed me this book several years ago, and in that point in my life, I was doing ministry, missions ministry for our church, and we were trying to do some homeless ministry with Alan's organization. And I thought, I should probably know a little bit more about this. And so I picked up this book thinking, oh, this is going to be a, this is going to tell me how to do this stuff. And really what it did for me, it in, in uncovered this malaise of our culture of displacement. Why many of us, though we have housing, some of it really good, adequate housing, are actually in a way homeless. We experience spiritual homelessness, drifting, deconstructing, and never reconstructing, and floundering instead of flourishing. And so as I draw on some of the things that they have in here, and it's this, this sense of the, the isolation that so many of us feel those things can be reimagined, and we can reinvigorate our lives, our personal lives, our family lives, our church, our community, and our planet. We can do that through the power of Jesus Christ. See, we're pretty skilled at homebreaking. Some of us are really good at homebreaking. Some of us are not, so, not as good at it, which I don't think we want to be good at it. But we're pretty good at creating strife in our homes or drama. We're pretty good at... Um, being selfish with our time and how we live in our lives and in our community. We're also pretty good at just radical individualism. You know, I'm the center of this, and I may live in a home with other people, or I may be in a, a place with other folks that I'm supposed to get along with, but it's really just about me. So how can we kind of be the, the, the people that are homemakers, that are not homebreakers, that are inviting people to come home in this world that's filled with dislocation? How do we become the type of people who build and nourish and create shalom in the places we inhabit? There's four distinct practices that I think have a key part in us building and making a home for ourselves and for people around us. It's peace, justice, wisdom, and compassion. Some might call those virtues. I'm going to call them practices because people think if it's a virtue, it's like I can never achieve that. But we can practice these things. And when we practice these things, we begin to build into others' lives. And over the next few weeks, we're going to explore and then look at how we can infuse these practices into our daily lives on a personal level. So next week, we're going to talk about the person, the, the, the individual that 
embodies this flesh and blood. And then we're going to talk about our families. And that could be, there's many definitions of family. So it just may be you and one other person, or it may be your roommates, or it may be any number of combinations. Then we're going to talk about our church and how a church could be a home and our community and how we make a home for our community, how we build into the community. And then our planet. How can we practice peace, wisdom, justice, and compassion in all five of those realms? What's Koinos' part in doing that? We will find our way closer to the home we want to be if we will begin to practice these virtues. We won't have to guess like David Byrne said in that song was, I guess I'm already there. We can know that we're heading in the right direction. We can get a vision for what that home will be look like, what that home looks like. We think about the, that passage of Ezekiel, and we'll revisit that a little bit. We'll talk about blessed assurance. We'll think about some different places and spaces in our culture that are home-like. And we're going to tap into what God wants to do in and through us so that we can make a home for the spiritually homeless. Many of us are still spiritually homeless. We feel like we're just in this space where I don't know if I want to be a part of a community of believers at a church. I'm not sure if that really fits with me. You have friends that are definitely like that. Family members that are like, "Ah, I've, I've seen that before. I don't want to be a part of that. But we have an opportunity to shed light on a new type of community, a type of community that's really tapped into who God is and who God wants us to be. We're going to have opportunities over the next several weeks and months to build that life into the life of our community. Even today, where some folks are going out, we're going to canvas the neighborhoods, we're going to take these little green, green, I know, I know my colors, <laughs> I'm not colorblind, Coin us is kind of a green thing. Uh, orange on this side, white and black on this side. We're going to hang these on doors in our immediate neighborhood and invite people to come here next week for a party we're throwing. We're not going to preach at people. We'll have some music in the background. We've got a couple of door prizes. We're going to feed everybody real good. We're going to have a great time. Candy for the kids. People are going to dress up in costumes because we're trying to Make a safe place, make a home for the people that are around here. The people around here, are they have homes. They're housed. But if they're like many of us on this planet, they're spiritually homeless. They're missing the community that we have an opportunity to bring to them. Uh, we can't expect them to show up here on Sunday morning for, at 10 o'clock for a worship service. We have to be shalom in those spaces. So that's the call. That's part of what we're going to do as we build, kind of re- begin to rebuild um, Koinos from where it's been, which has been this place for people who aren't into church, which is kind of how we still are. We're still a church for people who aren't into church. Um, but the people that are here now are the people that are going to move us forward into this community. And I'm grateful to be on that journey with you guys. And I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to try some things that are going to be helpful in our neighborhood, in our surrounding county, county, and 
hopefully will be beneficial to the, the planet too on that really big meta scale. So we're going to try to infuse those practices that I mentioned. Um, Laura and Todd are going to come back up. And I want you guys just to think for a minute. As Todd plays the guitar, we're going to put a question up there. It says, where do we start? Because it seems overwhelming, especially when we start talking about building a home for the planet. The planet is our home for now, right? But where do we start? Which practices do I need to form in order to embody God's shalom? Maybe you just don't sense peace in your life. Or maybe you're not very empathetic. There's no compassion. You're not willing to come alongside someone else in the midst of their suffering. I don't know where that is for you today. Just think about that. You can close your eyes. You can leave them open. Todd's going to play for a few seconds. I'm going to sing a song, and then I'll come back up and close this out. I want to pray for us. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Thanks for leading us in worship. God, we pray that we would find a home in you, that you would give us a vision for that, for what that might look like right here, right now, um, and, and the hope of that future home as well. Pray that we would embody shalom in, in the spaces that we live and work and play and move. I pray peace over each one of us, and I pray that Jesus would infuse our lives with that peace. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Thank you for those who participated online. We'll see you all next week. Um, Next week we'll be right here from 10 to 11, and then at 11 o'clock we're going to have a party on the parking lot. If you want to wear your costume to church, that's okay. You could do that. Uh, It'll be fun. We are going to have all kinds of great food s'mores on the fire pit, um, candy for all the kids, um, and for the big kids too, probably. So please be a part of that. Today, if you want to help us canvas right after church, you can see Liz Egner. She'll have some flyers, and we'll, we, we have some little maps that we'll take out there and get your steps in before you go have some lunch or brunch. Again, thanks for being here this morning.